it was just the easiest, most beautiful transition it could have been from having them and getting the, and getting to like, you know, have them inside me for nine months and just getting to like have like, they were like my little nuggets. But then watching yeah. these parents become parents. Welcome back, everyone. This is part two of episode one. It's not that often you get to talk with an actual gestational carrier, so we are so excited to bring you Libby, our special guest today. She's going to tell us all about her story. Absolutely. So I had the great fortune of being a gestational um, surrogate for a family between um, 2015 to 2016. And um, this was something that I had wanted to do actually before I even had my own daughter. Um, I found out about it first in after I got out of college. Um, I was actually looking for part-time jobs in, on Craigslist and realized that there were all of these offers for egg donors as well as for um, calls for, ge- for gestational surrogates. And this was actually in the Bay Area. And I was like, what is that? I have no, I've never heard of that before. And so I did more research and found out like that's such an amazing thing that people do. It sounds like a lot of fun. And I didn't qualify because I had not carried a pregnancy to term. They do that for a couple of reasons. One, they want to know that you can carry to term a healthy pregnancy. They, and then there's a much more paternalistic idea that they want you to have your own children to love. I, I had always figured that I would probably love being pregnant, and that was based on nothing in reality at all. <laughs> it was just pure ignorance on what it was like. Um, Wait, but are then, you one of how many kids are in your family? So I'm from a family of 11 kids. That, that's, so. okay, that's huge. Like, not many people come from that many people. <laughs> Wait, does that yeah. make sense? <laughs> yeah, there was Wait. a whole bunch of us, and um, the my mom had no problem with, pregnancy what? so really no. wait hold on stop this is just like coming to me in pieces here so 11 times you're saying never she had any complications no hemorrhage no, no from 15 preterm age 15 labor. to um 42 what yeah, yeah i was just gonna ask about this basic yeah. all right that's oh amazing yeah. what number are you no yeah. middle i'm eight okay. number eight so I knew that I was probably going to have a good time. Yeah, we got to use that uterus. <laughs> yeah, so I was really excited about it. And then when I finally had my daughter, my pregnancy was uncomplicated, super joyful, and I loved almost every minute of it. I mean, there are obviously bumps and aches and things, but I, I was mm-hmm. very lucky to have a good pregnancy and a really amazing birth. So I knew that then that I was probably going to be a good candidate. I also am in good health, and that's mm-hmm. another thing that they look for. And so then when – so that got put on hold because I started medical school. Mm-hmm. And okay, stop. <laughs> Just, the fact that you still want to do this while studying <laughs> to become a doctor, that's so so that <laughs> So it was certainly something that got put in the back of my mind, um, and then we went – um, through our first year, my husband's in my class with me, and we went through, started our second year, and we realized that um, our our childcare costs were much more than the loans that were provided mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. And they for federal loan student loans, you get paid. They will give you the average cost of childcare for a forty hour week as a student because they don't make any differentiation between an undergrad 
or a graduate student or a medical student. Wow. And so I don't know about you guys, but I never had a 40-hour week no. in medical school. Never. I had 60-hour weeks. Maybe. I had 55-hour weeks. I had 70-hour weeks, but I didn't have 40 wow. weeks, 40 hours a week. So we quickly went into a, a lot more debt than we meant to mm. to try and pay for this. Mm-hmm. And we were um, searching for jobs that we could actually do Wow, in medical school. To pay for our child care while we were in medical school. But this was a unique, it was a unique thing for me to want to do it at that time. Because if I had had the means otherwise, I probably wouldn't have done it in the middle of medical school. But that necessity rose up. And it was to the point where one of us was going to probably have to stop med school. In order to either stay home with the kid or with our kid or to take a part-time job or take a job and yeah. and then risk having to start repaying our loans okay. back and so I remembered like what about this amazing kind of job that I had mm-hmm. heard about all those years ago and so I looked looked it up and there was only one little um, agency in my state so I looked into them and they seemed to be a really great little independent company that really wanted to match potential surrogates with families in a very um, conscientious way. So mm-hmm. I sent in an application. I was very clear that I was a, a medical student and that I, you know, my, my schedule was not as flexible as other people's would be. And I wasn't like, a, oftentimes it's a stay-at-home person who, right. who does this as, as a, 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 like a side gig almost. Mm-hmm. And they got back to me very quickly and said, we think you're a great candidate. We want to send you applications from intended parents for you to look at. So wow. the process yeah. is So maybe that, let's talk let's yeah. unpack that a little bit. Because we talked about um, was there were there certain types of couples that they were trying to specifically um, match for? Because it sounds like that is the case in some places. And then did they just like send you a binder? So <laughs> like what, like Mitt Romney's women? binder of women? No, yeah. I'm not gonna... <laughs> binder a binder of pa- intended parents. Luckily, it was That's not right, like that. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is left, left right. Side? Oh, right. 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 So no, there was no app for that yet. Um, so they, the application they sent me, I think it was at least thirty pages long, and it included for no, 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 for my application yeah, that yeah, I had yeah. to do. And part of that was what kind of parents would you be willing, would you feel comfortable working with? And you could check off ages, and you could check off type of family, mm-hmm. single parent, um, multi parent. Did you check? So I checked everything. Okay. I checked everything. Yeah. Um, cause I felt that if you want to be a family, I think that you should get to be a family. Yeah. So in doing so, I knew that that was also casting the widest net and, and increasing my possibility of getting to work with a family. And so, and also part of doing this, I, you know, I also by that time knew I wanted to be an OB-GYN and I knew I was going to be working with all kinds of families. Hopefully that's what I want to do in my practice. And mm-hmm. so I realized like I, having a bias now in being a surrogate would not pretend well I don't think and like what I was wanted to go on in my career so um the then the agency took my they give your application to the intended parents and um they the agency then looks through all the intended parents and sees what they're looking for and then they hand they send you um classified so they 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 don't give you their contact information but they give you the profiles I would 
I, I thought I had lots of options, but there was one couple who just stood out that seemed like they had, um, you get to hear a little bit about their philosophy of mm-hmm. raising children and what they wanted for their family. And um, they lived within a half a day's drive from me. And so I knew that they could be, and they really wanted to be involved in every step, step of the way. So I knew that they were a really great fit. So then the next step is that everybody has to do a psychological analysis so I and my husband had to meet with a special social worker trained in doing um, a psych analysis to make sure that we did not have any ulterior motives one the person was really wonderful they did a great job um, in including my husband and me in the discussion and really hearing us out and and asking really open-ended questions which was great they uh, this person asked a lot about where I was in my own child rearing Mm. place. You know, did I want more kids? How did I feel about my daughter I had? How did I feel about the pregnancy I had? How did I feel about my birth process? How did I feel about the way I was raised? Mm -hmm. She asked a lot about how... Like parenting in your life, basically? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she asked about our relationship and if um, where we were in our instability wise and yeah. health wise of our just our, our marriage which I thought was and really then, great so just out of curiosity yeah. how many kids do you want do you want 11 no <laughs> no I just want the one just the one interesting yeah we're really enjoying the one I feel like we can go on so many tangents about this like it just can go in so many directions but I really want to talk about like what was it like to physically carry oh this fetus I would love to right two 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 okay did you I mean how did you refer to them? How did you feel about them? How did this relationship... I mean, because you have a relationship yeah, with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is your relationship now yeah. with them? Yeah. 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 So they... So um, I love working with this couple because they wanted to be at every visit. And they Aww. made... They both were able to make it to every visit. And that includes to the um, actual IVF, to the actual oh, wow. um, yeah. embryo mm-hmm. placement. and two embryo placements. And so they were there when um, their two tiny little embryos got implanted. They were both holding my hands and my feet were up in the stirrups and there was a great big screen and everybody was excited and they cried and then I cried. And, and That's so beautiful. It was, it was super awesome. And um, then, and they gave us all pictures of what the embryos looked like before they implanted them. And that was our first pictures that we took. And I went home and like hung them. I actually like took them to school and showed up our, our, one of our, um, our medical school groups team uh, and like everybody knew about it. It was a lot of fun. And then as they, so because they were twins, I knew right away that they had taken and I had just become, I just felt uh, like pregnant. all yes, the, all, all, the, the, yeah. yes. all the hormones. Yes. Within about a week, I was like, oh, Whoa. my boobs are tender. And they were like, don't do any home pregnancy tests. And I immediately did a pregnancy <laughs> test live with them. We did FaceTime yeah. and Aww. we watched the stick turn and it was just awesome. Oh and my gosh. What? Like, in just, so many ways, what a gift you were to them, but like, how wonderful for them to get to be included in all of yes. that process, yes. too. Yes, mm-hmm. and they had waited a long time. It was, um, there are two gentlemen who had been married a long time, and um, as they were growing, um, it was just so fun to be pregnant again. I loved being pregnant yeah. again. I loved being pregnant in school again. It was actually a lot easier than being pregnant at work because you sit so much at school <laughs> during That's your so preclinical yeah. years. And um, they came up for every prenatal visit. The 
OB office I went to was the same one that I did I, that I went to for my daughter and they were just so good about it from the get-go yeah. they mm-hmm. referred they got everybody's roles right they got I wanted to just be called the surrogate and um, and they were very intentional about how we planned out how the birth would go they really listened they always really listened to them about what they were hoping for um, one um, both were breech and so mm-hmm. we knew I was gonna need a c-section what is the moment oh yeah when these babies are born. Mm-hmm. You see them over the drape. What do they show it? Their babies to you? Yeah, yeah they do. So they're in the room. Do they show it to them? Like how, choreograph it. So that the only the only glitch that happened in this whole process was we had planned for both dads to be in the OR with me. They both wanted to be there. Only had one had been able to be there. They had delivered at a different hospital for their daughter. So and I really wanted that as well. Yeah. And um but it's not up to the, and all the OBs were totally on board. And we, we knew, yeah. we had scheduled the, the C-section, so we knew who we were going to have for our OB that day. We were, we were pretty sure. But we got there, and the anesthesiologist uh, denied it. So that was um, upsetting and a different and hard to hear when we had all come in with a certain plan. So, but interestingly, and and understandably, they were going to have to have two teams there because there were two babies. Oh, yeah. And so they, they were, yeah, they were going to have, the, everybody, the babies were fine, but they just were going to have extra yeah, people yeah. anyway because it was a twin pregnancy. But interestingly, so we then agreed to the, the new plan and they got, they were giving me the epidural and, uh, or the spinal rather, and one dad had, they had figured it out very quickly and, you know, they just did a great job figuring out who was going to be in the room and who was going to be in the recovery room waiting. And then um, at the last minute, because my husband is a med student, he came waltzing into the OR to say hello to me. He had seen a nurse outside and said, like, oh, that's my wife in there who's about to give birth. And she's like, get in there! Not realizing, not realizing. So he just... Comes in with his little mask and he's like, "Hi," <laughs> and you're like, "Go!" How did you, how did you feel about that? You're you're like, Hi. I was like, "You're supposed to be on rotation right now. What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I got the afternoon off." <laughs> like, you're not doing anything. <laughs> and then the anesthesiologist said, "Oh, well, you can stay." No, no. Stop it. Okay, a little bit of a dagger in the heart. A little. I for, was for the couple. I. And I, that was the only time that I had like a real strong reaction to like a real like problem with anything because I was like, you just blew it so much because all you had it. And, and then like he just, she, she like pulled up a stool from him and he like sat down and, and then he was like there and it was like so much was happening. I was like, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to change any of this right now. But then I felt like, how does that make the, the dad other dad feel. Yeah. There was, yeah. there ended up being plenty of room. And, and in all, and as it turned out, it was, it was not a bad set because the, so my husband held, um, a mirror and actually that they had the other, they had the dad sit in a kind of against the wall. And so my husband held a mirror and so he had the best view mm-hmm. and I ended up puking a bunch. <laughs> and so he had to also do this. So yeah, suck to be him. Yes. Yeah. So my husband had to hold a basin for me to puke in. So I'm glad that the other dad didn't have to do that because yeah. then yeah. they, um, the dad who was in the room was able to take the, the boys who were just came out perfect. And it was mm-hmm. amazing. They showed, we had it in the plan. We wanted him to get to see, he called out the sex of the babies. Oh, you didn't know? No, we oh, didn't know. Oh, no. Just, 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 so he saw them, and he got to, like, 
<laughs> or moms. We're all like, okay. <laughs> Everyone here is the best. We just not And so then um, he saw them first. He called out their sexes, and then they, you know, they looked, checked them all over. And then I got to see them as I was puking. Oh. And then he rolled them out to the recovery room. And so then the other dad only saw him yeah. bringing their babies. Oh. So that, like, the, and they had the whole recovery room oh, to themselves. Yeah. And and I ended up needing, they, um, I was oozing, I was bleeding. Okay, and they hemorrhage. <laughs> Not important. <laughs> move on, move on, back to baby. They had to, they took a, it took a long time to yeah. sew me up. So it was good that he wasn't waiting. Yeah, yeah. and Eric still had to hold the baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I was yep. like, I'm so sick right now. Oh, terrible. <laughs> I was really glad to have him there, and I was really glad that they got that moment. Yeah, moments. They had about a whole. They had a whole hour Aww. before I got wheeled back mm-hmm. to the recovery room, and they had they had their shirts off. They were doing Aww. skin to skin. Yeah, they it was were. just ama- it was amazing. And then the hospital did a fantastic job where on the postpartum floor. I had my own room, and the babies had their own room. So the dads and the babies babies. were with their babies. I had my own awesome room. It felt like being in a hotel. I was so well taken care of. The nurses did a great job with calling me the surrogate, and they were the parents. I think this is a good segue into breastfeeding. So you were in separate rooms now. We were in separate rooms. You have agreed, and it sounds like they paid you more to breastfeed. Yes. So every two hours, what, the babies are wheeled in? Yes. Like, they are brought in, and I'm, I'm like a queen <laughs> sitting in this bed with all the treats ever. Oh the gosh. grandparents came up and brought me, like, all of these really fun snacks and things, and I got to meet their whole family, which was Aww. amazing. And then they would just bring me the babies, and I had so much fun baby time. And the hospital kept me for an ex- – the pediatrician signed off on the baby staying mm-hmm. an extra day to help me get my milk in. And yeah. the lactation consultant helped. I mean, they didn't really have to help that much because, oh my God, <laughs> there, I, my. I mean, when my I say my milk came in, I don't. Fahrenheit. It was just crazy. It was crazy. That's awesome. Though, yeah, that it happened. was amazing. It was really. We were really lucky, and so especially in the early morning time, that one of the really sleepy dads would be like. <laughs> All like Aww. bedhead and everything else, and you would sleepily bring me the boys, and then I'd get to have like I was like go I'd be like go back to sleep, and then yeah. I would just cuddle Aww. down in bed with them and have them um, just snuggle time, and it was a great it was just the easiest most beautiful transition it could have been from having them and getting the and getting to like you know have them inside me for nine months and just getting to like have like they were like my little nuggets, but then watching yeah. these parents become parents. parents. What did that feel like? So, you know, we're all mothers. Yeah, so it... Um, Especially the leaving the hospital. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, by the time... So this was early August in New England. It was humid and hot mm-hmm. as all get out. And by, you know, by that last... Those last couple weeks of pregnancy, you're like... Please get it out. Please yeah, yeah. this end. And I was really ready to go. I took a, my last month off of my pregnancy. I took it off from med school. I did a, I did yeah. like a reading month elective so I could be at home, mm-hmm. lay on like a beached whale on my side. <laughs> Twins carry yes. the term. That yes. is just that's yeah. sweet. That's kind of like a, whoa. Yeah. I mean, that whoa. is like a 
beach whale moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I grew you out of that. Yeah, I grew out of all of my maternity clothes. Like, Aww. my belly, like, hung down <laughs> below. But anyway, so, and I was also ready to get back to med school. So I, I did feel a little bit of that. Like, oh, you guys are on the outside. But also I was like, I'm so glad you guys are on the outside. <laughs> and I'm so glad you're both healthy. And I'm so, yeah. I'm, yeah. I was just in awe of um, the parents and, and seeing them with their boys and being in the hospital was like being in this little bubble because I had no responsibility um I I just had to like be there and and get to watch this amazing process and then that we got discharged on a Friday and the parents were just so deliberate in everything they did they stayed through the weekend in a hotel so that like I they like brought the boys one like once a day mm-hmm. on Saturday and then on Sunday they said goodbye and they like oh, and I yeah. and they set helped set me up with a, a hospital grade pump oh, and they paid nice. for it and so then I got home they helped me set all that up they went and grabbed they went and got it for me mm-hmm. um, and then on Sunday it was really hard to see the four of them go it wasn't yeah. hard to see the babies go yeah the babies were never mine right and because the parents had been there the whole time and seeing them go through the pregnancy I really mean that like seeing them go through their pregnancy was so powerful and then seeing them with their boys was so powerful that it was just hard to know that they were going to live not in birth yeah not not in my town um because we had become so close yeah for the whole 10 months, right? Yeah. yeah. So they asked if the they the boys could call me Aunt Libby someday. And I said, that would that's amazing. I would love that. And that is, and they asked if they could talk about me to them. And I said, absolutely. Absolutely. I would love that. Yeah. And because, they luckily, they live in the path that I take to go to my own family in southern oh, nice. southern New England. So I have gotten to visit them when, oh, when we go fun. for holidays. And that has been incredibly rewarding. And I feel really grateful that they encourage that and that they um, are okay with me just, have, like, just getting to see them and like, see their family grow. And so yeah. that's been I really fun. I just feel like also this is like, well, the best interview because of so many reasons, but also you're, I mean, we know there are lots of different visions of surrogacy. We already talked about Kim and Kanye, which sounds like slightly different than yours, but but not that, (laughs) (laughs) like this just feels like the most beautiful, wonderful, what's the baby's name? (laughs) There's no. They have two beautiful names. Normal. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Others. I'm just trying. I can't even think of other cities that sound good right now. But I just feel like it sounds like everything was so intentional, so thoughtful on all party sides. Yeah. Is there anything that you would change about it or that you have learned, like, not that you're necessarily going to do this again, but that you would would alter about it besides the OR thing? Tess, would you do it again? Oh, yes. Absolutely. I would absolutely do it again. If it wasn't now going into residency, um, I don't feel that I, you know, taking the risk for myself and my family is one thing. If I needed to be on bed rest for three months, if I needed to, God forbid something happened to me during the pregnancy or afterwards, 
now that I'm going to be going into a residency where the time is so precious that you have off and you rely on each other so much. Yeah. And I, I don't think that in the near future, I don't think I could take that away from hopefully other people mm -hmm. who I'm going to get to be in residency mm -hmm. with who are going to be starting their mm -hmm. families. <laughs> so I, you know, and by the time I get out of residency, I'll be advanced of maternal age okay. but Besides, but it's called geriatric we're not okay we also have to not using those words stop it stop it we're not using my mother oh good mother. okay good Old ass okay mother. but that's the thing like my uterus compared like it won't be my eggs uh, so right. who knows but if i ever had a chance i would totally totally do it again because of this great experience um the the thing i would say that i would like to to do over um when we for the breastfeeding part we left it open that I would want to do it. I would do it as long as I felt I, my studies were not being impacted or my family was being impacted. And I think that I should have said, let's take it month by month and mm. revisit it each time because it was going so well that when I realized, okay, now it's the time to stop, it was a little abrupt. And I think it was um, harder for them. It to was explain. harder. Yes, because then they had to make cho a choice. Uh, you know, I said like I need, I have to give my kind of like my two weeks right now, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna start tapering now because and then it's just gonna you know I think that it would have been helpful to have more time to look at other options, um, and it didn't give them as enough time to look at options like should we should we then try and order milk off the like the donor yeah. rest right right yeah, yeah, yeah. right how um, how many months how did you pump for I'm just for curious. four and a half months oh my gosh and, you're a saint and that was. <laughs> Breastfeeding so hard. It's right? it's that's a whole other podcast. It's really hard. We're we're definitely gonna have that podcast. <laughs> I have and it was really affirming to me because breastfeeding was super hard when I had my own daughter and I stopped earlier than I would have wanted for a lot of reasons and I had a lot of guilt and and frustration and feelings of failure around that and I think a lot of women do mm -hmm. and then yep. for the twins, um, I think because I think the second time around you know. Your, your boobs are used to it yeah, and they right. just know what to do and a lot of times not every time and so it was a lot easier and I could I scheduled all of my you know I was doing it you have to do it usually between eight to ten times a day or yeah. up to 12 times a day to keep up a, slop, a supply mm -hmm. and I was lucky to be able to do that um, and I was also on rotations that were really supportive That's so awesome. I I needed to go I I realized I needed to go back to school immediately mm -hmm. so when we I went back to school that Monday. I had a C-section. The C-section was on Tuesday. I got discharged on Friday. I had the weekend. We said goodbye, and I was like, I have to go back to my life. And so I went back on Monday. Wow. I realized I did, it, would, it would be much harder for me to stay home. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I would not be able Absolutely. to keep myself Mentally. still. Yes. I wow. knew I was going to be doing up and doing too much around yeah. the house or trying to mm -hmm. do whatever. And so I went back to school, oh and we gosh. were in um, – We I went back to – a class where I had to sit a lot during the day, and so that was for a whole week. And that then, no joke. I mean, we're talking about major abdominal surgery. I know, not a, not a wise choice. <laughs> I mean, I would not recommend that for <laughs> anyone. You shouldn't do that. But for me, it just and worked. for your mental yeah. sanity. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, and yeah. I I think that um, all, all of my classmates were just super supportive. A lot of them came to visit in the hospital. Oh. The the dads were so great about letting visitors come see. The boys, when when I yeah. they I had them in the room with me, um, it was amazing. And then going back, my school is just really supportive of women who are 
pumping. This is sort of taking a big detour, but at what point did the conversation around money come into this whole yeah. picture? Like, how early on did yep. money get discussed? Yep. So that, um, I also think, can be... I, it was done really well with, through this agency, and I also could see how it could be done very poorly. So for us, um, the agency posted online what your what the general um, compensation was if you were a first-time surrogate or if you were a return surrogate. And then during the contract negotiation phase, which in during which the intended parents have to pay for their own lawyer and for your lawyer, wow. who represents you and who cannot be in the same practice, right, right, I believe. Right. They have to be independent. Yes, yeah. they have to be independent. That's a, so that we just talked about this earlier in the podcast too, but they're state-by-state state laws. So that's a really great state law that your state has, but not every state has it. Yeah. And so, again, no out-of-cost pocket to me, but I had this great resource who, and it had, and, and there are lawyers who specialize in yeah. surrogacy contracts, and so this person did. He was um, not in my state, but he contacted me by phone and um, and walked me through all the steps. And the, the coordinator who I worked with in the agency, who's also the owner of the agency, she also, before we went, before I talked with the lawyer, she, she laid out for me, these are all the things you should be talking to the lawyer about. These are all of the types of fees that um, that, that person should be hitting on with you and making sure that you are compensated for. And so the, um, and, and it was up to me to pick that range and then the contract would be, it's like any other negotiation. Right. It's then sent to their lawyer and they make changes in, and suggestions and then you both have to agree on a final contract and then everybody signs it and it's notarized and is this before you met or had you met them we had met them okay. so after the i should go i should go back after the psych eval and um and choosing each other we then got to do like a meet and greet and oh. and further interview each other and they mm -hmm. came up to my state and we met at a coffee shop and it was really fun to just get to Meet them. They were very like nervous, and I was really nervous. I'm like, why does this feel like dating? But it's I'll not like dating. Baby. Yes, yes, yes. It's like a yes. whole like meta dating. Yes, yes. way meta. <laughs> Just like next level. I don't even know. Higher up. Yeah, higher up. Meta dating. I don't know if that's the right term. Today I learned a bunch of Instagram uh, words, so I feel so. Old. <laughs> it's okay. We're bringing you into the <laughs> the millennials. I know. So the so like types of fees were yeah. how much um, some were fun like how what did I want my budget to be for maternity clothes and what well, you have a maternity clothes budget stop it shopping I think like a five hundred dollar I asked for five hundred dollars wow. I was very lucky yeah because I needed work clothes. I oh, yeah, you probably needed like a suit. Yeah, yeah. probably new shoes. Oh, maternity well. suits are the worst. Okay. Yeah. So that, um, and then um, I actually ended up needing new shoes because my shoes, mm -hmm. my feet, mm -hmm. they never went back. They yeah. Never, they spread and never moved. <laughs> and okay. then um, other fees that were a little bit more gruesome to think about what would happen, you know, what would I want to be compensated for if I had to lose my uterus, if I had to lose one ovary, if I had to lose both ovaries, if, um, what else? If I had to have a C-section, I got paid more because I had a C-section. I got. Die? Hmm? Yes, they, if you die. Oh my god! Um, oh my god! If what about you, like bed rest? All those yep, things. Yep, all right? those like things. Missed, <clears throat> missed opportunity, work. Opportunity. Um, you can opt to have be covered for house cleaning services or, and for childcare services and for um, missed time away from work for appointments and for parking and wow. all these things that were all itemized. And then they also paid for a life insurance policy right. for me. 
and um, so yeah, they they thought of everything, which wow. was great. I would things I would not have thought about. Wow. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. So lots, and all of that was negotiated, and it was nice to have that buffer of the two lawyers because then that was not part of, like the dads and I never talked about it directly, except. Mm-hmm. I was very thankful and often would send selfies of my cute maternity post. <laughs> as I was Thank you for purchasing. Yes. Awesome. This so, huge tent that I'm now this, wearing. You don't have to ask this is off limits, but can you say how much you made? Like how yeah. much they paid? Yes. So my base pay was thirty eight grand okay. for the pregnancy. And then I had an additional eight grand more I wanna say eight grand more for the twins. Oh, right. And then additional... Because, just because they were putting two in. Yeah. Okay. Because, they, because it came out of the two. And that could have been because the embryo split, or mm-hmm. we, or at the, at the time we decided to use two yeah. really good okay. embryos. And then um, I believe it was another either between four and six grand more for the C-section. Wow. And that was because, you know, it's an invasive right. surgery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the breastfeeding. Yep. So the breastfeeding, they paid for the pump. They bought a chest freezer to keep in our house so we could freeze the milk and then we would overnight it. They paid for the boxes and the special shipping service. And then they paid me $250 a week for the milk. And I was pumping 40 ounces a day for them. What? A day. Wow. Just so... That's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) But yeah, I was really lucky. Yeah, I was really lucky. My so. mind is blown. I have to just like pause for a second. Yeah, it's a lot that. of money. But then, oh, I was so thinking we were that's a lot of breast milk. <laughs> 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 that's a lot of food milk. Both. Wait, so this is like a hundred grand that they've spent. They paid for, yes, because they had to buy insurance, special health insurance right. for me because I was on um, state insurance, mm. and you cannot, you Do cannot a be a surrogate. <gasps> you can actually be blacklisted. From Medicaid. Shut the front door. If Are you, you if you, it's kind, of, it's a type of Medicaid fraud. Wait, we need to look into this more and add this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's a type of fraud because it's not. You're pregnant, can, but not intending to keep your. Right, because the the insurance is for you as a low income person, but the people who are whose babies these are, they are not low income. Oh, interesting. So. But you're not actually like their family member. Yeah. Right. Wow, that's really complicated. What about some of the more controversial things, like if you're carrying twins or triplets or something you didn't expect to? I think because that is a pretty controversial part about um, triplets or genetic screening. That is that was part of our discussion in our contract, mm-hmm. in that we had um, a plan. Uh, yeah, and so we did have a plan, and we all agreed on it. And it was basically I was for whatever, however much genetic testing they felt necessary, and um, and. Also, if they felt that they wanted to terminate the pregnancy, I was also on board with that. And it, on, from my end, I was willing to have up to twins, but if it had been a triplet or a, a multiple situation, I wanted to be able to make the decision to reduce down to twins. twins. Mm-hmm. And they were also okay with that. Yeah. So, yeah. But that was all something they really did yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. Because yeah. those yes. are some of the cases that have come up like out in the Certainly. world. So. Right. Like what would happen if I was in a car accident right. and was brain dead? Oh my and God. Wait, is that in your contract? It was in my contract. Wow. And it was, yeah, it was very, I, I did not want anybody, my family or their family to have to make those decisions. That's right. In the moment. Do you keep the surrogate alive? Do you keep the surrogate on life support to bring the baby to the term? And we said, I said, yes, please do that. 
please do that. That's like that the was, most extreme version right, of that, right? right. Yeah. But you, and then that's hopefully to help you get thinking like, well, if that's the extreme, like what other things am I, what, what things, I think that's also helpful. I will tell you the devil's advocate, having gone through a pregnancy and having just, you just go through all those thoughts in your head. Right. Like, what if this happens? Right. What if this right, happens? Right, right, Totally. So, but I mean, so these are people who you are entering into a business deal with, uh, you know, you have a contractual agreement with them. And the, the idea is that you're not supposed to get emotionally involved. You're not supposed to consider them family, but at the same time, you're considering scenarios like this, wherein you're telling them, Hey, look, I know you're only paying me 38 grand, but like, I would do this for you. Like I would do this intense yeah. act of love for you to keep my body alive, to keep my family through like the grieving process that would be watching, you know, my kids and mother yeah. sit there because I'm doing this for you. I'm making these babies for you. Like that's intense. How do you not walk away a family? I think that that's, I, I think that, I mean, for me, just the, the type of person I am, I don't think I could have, I don't think I could be a surrogate any other way, even mm -hmm. Uh, just during the process and I think that it took almost six months before like we got even to the contract phase because there was so deliberate and how careful the agency was in matching us yeah. Yeah. and all of the discussions we got to have via text via phone in person before that and that made all the difference because then it was so easy going into contract and then afterwards you were just yeah. it's clear that matching process really yeah. worked that's and 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 that also goes to the balance of power. Yeah. I'm an educated woman in a first world country who right. in a developed country who has I had all of the pieces. Mm -hmm. I had all the chess pieces. Or so yeah. right. And so in any other situation like in India right. where a lot of uh, people from Austria Australia and New Zealand go, right. especially Australia who what is that a real choice right. and how much autonomy are they given how much are they how much are the women how much time is given to making sure that their mm -hmm. questions are answered and that they have mm -hmm. the power to make these choices right. i yeah i just want to say how thankful we are for you to be here sharing your story telling us what it's like to have really you know gone through this and giving us a whole different perspective on uh, what gestational surrogacy is thank you so much libby Thank you, guys. If you've loved this episode of The V Word, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Twitter at VWordPod, on Instagram at VWordPod, and send us an email, thevwordpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.